So Krishna played his flute, but Radha didn't come. And all gopis were there. He couldn't be satisfied. This is just to emphasize what is the, that reservoir of Ladini Shakti. He's the, he's the supreme godhead, energetic. She's the supreme source of energy. Therefore, we should also consider the Leela of Radha and Krishna is in this parakya. So it is a very hard thing to understand. As I say, Krishna started playing his flute because Radha was married, he heard, out of depression, seeking some distraction. But he can't be distracted from her, so it turns to attraction, and then trying to play the flute to, to attract her, and, and so forth. But it, uh, it's, uh, it appears to be an illicit affair. Like I said, love, highest love, hide itself. Looks like selfishness, but it's selflessness to the extreme. How can we understand that in many ways? One of the ways in which is if we understand the tattva of Radha, Shakti tattva, to be the source of all Shakti, and then we go to the various manifestations of Shakti, to the queens in Dwarka, like Rukmini, to Lakshmi, the consort of Narayana, to Sati, the consort of Shiva, Sachi, the consort of Indra, we're going down the line. What do we find in these ladies? What is one of the characteristics of these ladies? Chastity, Sati, chastity. Lakshmi is chaste to Narayana. Rukmini, chaste to Krishna. No, there's no question of it, is there? Sachi, the chaste wife of Indra. Their chastity is never in question. How can their source, then, be anything but the most chaste? You understand? So it is a parakya, it is, a, it is an illusion, an illusion that gives pleasure to Krishna, therefore real, and therefore religious, because sangsidi haritoshinam, the measure of religion is what? How much one's activity, dharma sunastitapumsam vishvakshinakatasinapodayadyaritam sramayevikevalam, dharma is useless unless it gives a taste for hearing uh, about Krishna, and the measure of Dharma, Bhagavatam then says, is what? The extent to which Krishna is pleased. Haritoshanam. This is what religion is about. So if Krishna takes pleasure in this illusion of parakya, then it must be real. This way the Goswamis have conceived it and thought about it. So Krishna could not be satisfied. He's the, the supreme energetic, she's the supreme shakti. This is the, what is, we're, we're learning from this. The vision of Jiva Goswami. I'm explaining from Bhagavatam. He drew this this experience. We'll never be able to experience this without the help of such a person. Like I said, Rupa Goswami, Jiva Goswami, they're more important to us than Vyas. They're showing us things in the books of Vyas that Vyas didn't even know he wrote. Vyasa Vetina Veti Va. Vyas wrote, empowered to do so, Gyan Shakti, and ordered by Nara to write about Bhakti, about love. He went into meditation under Nard's direction on the pastimes of Radha and Krishna and Bhagavatam came out. But he's not necessarily an expert in all those things. We don't know that he has a part in Radha and Krishna's Leela as a fast friend of Radha. We know that about Rupa Goswami. He's a player in the book that Vyasa has written. Vyasa had the vision of the whole affair of Krishna Leela. He wrote about it. He told the story. But there in the story, it is a particular position. We, we, we say Radha Dasyam. 
This should also help us appreciate the, the nature of parakya. It's not that we are aspiring to have some relationship with Krishna. Those who aspire for the Gopi Bhav and Gaudiya Sampradaya directly. Radha Dasyam. It's a kind of a Dasyam. It's a servitude to Radha by which the Parakya sentiments and experience that Radha experiences are also experienced. Otherwise, it's not possible to experience those. You cannot be Radha. Neither Krishna could be, although he tried as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Therefore, we study Chaitanya Charitamrita, we find Mahaprabhu experienced that through this, through what Rupa Goswami was about. Through the, we call it the Manjari Bhav. It's a kind of a Dasya Bhakti within Madhurya. So many ways to talk about it that can help us to be freed from one of the principal points that Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami makes in his Chaitanya Charitamrita when introducing the subject of Radha and Krishna, and Radha in particular, the abode of love, Karunamayi. That the love of Radha and Krishna and lust are like the difference between now it's noon and the sun is the brightest and the dark moon night. They are this different, although they appear so similar that sometimes the name Kama is given. Kamanuga. The gopis described as having attraction for Krishna based on calm, desire, lust. So it looks like that, but it's it's the opposite. It's selflessness to the extreme, camouflaging itself. That if we pay very close attention to the sadhus, we can get a glimpse of this and see how Jiva Goswami has gone into Bhagavatam with such with such depth. Nityam Bhagavata Seva, we're told. Regular study of Bhagavatam. So deeply drawing out things in there that even Vyask doesn't understand. So all the gopis came, but Radha didn't come. She was in a comatose condition, having heard that flute, taken to the banks of the Jamun in the straw hut of Purnamasi. And Purnamasi told the, the most shocked Brinda Devi at the condition of Radha and Madhumangal as well, that I can bring a remedy to this. Don't worry. Bring that flute player here. Manamangal brought Krishna and then the negotiations went on. Brinda Devi told this she's gone into a fit like this, fallen into a comatose condition uh, and um, we see from your flute plane that you have uh, magical powers. So we've deduced myself and my mentor, the elderly, Purnamasi, mystic lady, that if you just touch her on the heart, then she'll be revived. And there is Krishna before Radha, the very one whom he practiced his playing his flute just to capture as he understood its power, but had not developed it, honed it enough to, to, to captivate her, finding that she's right before him. Krishna looking at her and thinking, is it her? Maybe it's just a statue of her. So much in a coma she was that she couldn't even... See if she was breathing. And Krishna losing his breath, just looking at her. He's thinking, he's being proposed to him, you, sh- you have to touch her on the heart, and she'll come back to consciousness. But he has to put some resistance on a religious basis. How can he touch someone else's wife? How is it possible? So as he puts up some resistance, and Vrindadevi's losing her grasp on, on reality, 
Touch her! Touch her! <laughs> Bring her to life! So Purnamasi has to give counsel. Actually, it's not a problem. She's a goddess. She's a special goddess. So if you touch a goddess, it's not a problem. <laughs> you will not lose your religious principles. This way, the, the, expertly, the Purnamasi is negotiating with him. And still he's, he's, he's hesitating. Madhu Mangal then just grabs him by the hands and drags him in. And Rindadevi says, well, if don't touch him with your hand, then touch her with your hand, then put your foot on her heart. Madhu Mangal lifts up his foot. <laughs> and Krishna places his foot on the heart of Radha and Radha awakens. This Jiva Goswami considers the, the, the true first meeting of Radha and Krishna face to face and touching. Meeting means coming close, like we say associating means to sit, take prasad, you might rub up against somebody in intimacy. This is the first meeting in the Purvarag, before love, before meeting, the Purvarag is, is, is developing and it comes to a climax, meeting, touching. And the Christian, of course, then is embarrassed. What have I done? What have I done? Because as a young boy loves a young girl, then he wants her to know he wants to tell her, but he doesn't want her to think that he that he loves her either. That's a problem. I don't feel like that. That's silly. And she will feel the same way. She awakens, sees him, practically goes into the, another trance herself. Doesn't know if it's real or she's dreaming. Krishna quickly gets up and walks out, heads back for the cowherds, stumbling along the way, and Madhu Mangal has to pick him up and make jokes to bring him down that he can actually be a cowherder and meet with his friends. <laughs> and Radharani thinks, was, was he here? Did I see him? Was it a dream? And Purnamasi and Vrindadevi then counsel her. So in this way, Krishna, is life is all about Radha only. Therefore, the Gaudias have made this very intelligent, theologically intelligent uh, assertion that in an extreme way we find Raghunathas Goswami prays that if I cannot get the service of Radha then I'm not interested in anything in life at all even Krishna has no attraction for me this is the extreme position of the Gaudias in some way whatever our position may be some connection with Radha but the extreme position of the Gaudias to emphasize this point of love's supremacy as it is personified fully in, in Radha over Krishna. Krishna himself says in the words of Kaviraj Krishnadas Goswami, I'm Purna Tattva, Purna Brahma, but I become Unmad, mad at the sight of Radha. Krishna is the guru of the whole world, and but Radha is his guru, teaching him how to dance. Krishna is like the ocean, we're like a drop of water. Radha is like the canal. It makes the connection. That Ladini Shakti. That we, like a drop of water, can enter the ocean. Have life. Drop of water unto itself, in time will evaporate. In time, if we remain separate in our consciousness from Krishna, then we just become degraded. We become more and more like matter. More and more lifeless. Attachment degrades us. We engage in activities that are of a degrading nature, and so then our sense of our being conscious 
and alive diminishes and so many lower species of life are there. We can see, just look around us, and what do we see? Consequences. There are consequences for action. That's what we see. So many species of life we see, oh, there are consequences for action. There's life in different forms. So she's like the canal. Brings together the drop in the ocean. So important to us. Ideal of devotion and, and, and deity. So Raghunathas Goswami prays like this, if I don't have service to Radha, even Krishna is unimportant. Prabhupada once said, Krishna is not beautiful without Radha. So they've taken this extreme position of emphasis on the service to Sri Radha. And they've understood that by taking this position and speaking about this and pressing on this line, then getting Krishna's attraction, which is attention, which is a very difficult thing to do. We're a tiny spark of consciousness. Krishna is the reservoir of consciousness. How can we get the whole reservoir of consciousness to fix its attention on one us, one particle of consciousness? All particles of consciousness are related to him, and paying attention to him, knowingly or unknowingly, directly or indirectly. Even they don't know it, they're following me. Their attention is on me. As Prabhupada used to say, consciousness means Krishna. Like shine means sun. There's no shine, there's no illumination without the sun, directly or indirectly. Creating electricity, lightning in the sky, or directly shining as the sun. So consciousness, like shine means sun, sun shines. So, so consciousness means Krishna, Krishna consciousness. Different degrees of Krishna consciousness, that's also. Every, every unit of consciousness is focused on Krishna. Now, how can we get the whole of Krishna to focus on one unit of consciousness? That's our task. That I may have a direct, knowing, intimate relationship. Krishna is fully focusing. Of course, he can focus on a number of units of consciousness at the same time who have all found a way to, to get him to do that. <laughs> all the cowherds of Vrindavan, they all think, I'm Krishna's best friend. They all feel like that. What's the reality? Every one of them is right. Every one of them is right. Krishna loves each one of them the most. So that's, these are the spiritual mathematics. So anyway, our task like this, to turn the whole attention of the Absolute to focus on us such that that Absolute shows that face of Krishna to us. That's a particular face of the Absolute. What is that face of the Absolute? The Absolute is saying, Om Namaha. I will do your bidding. I surrender to you. That is what Krishna means. This face of the Absolute, giving all attention to one tiny soul. Because that soul has has attracted his his nature, his sort of shakti, and caused it to fully manifest in his heart. So Godis have understood, if we emphasize this point, this is the weakness of the Absolute. And it fully manifests itself to the extreme in the person of Radha. When she makes a channel to us, then some Radha is in us. Some love is in us. It's possible to attract Krishna. So very intelligently they conclude, if we sing about Radha, if we stress her position, if we seek her service, get Krishna's attention is very easy then. So in a day like this we get to think a little bit more about these things and and, and discuss them. There are, of course, many charming leelas of Radha and Krishna that 
serve to illustrate her position and Krishna's bowing to, to her and what she exemplifies, means, stands for, represents. And some of these are related in a general way in Brahma-Vaivarta Purana, in Padma Purana, in Bhagavatam. But from the Goswami's literatures, we find Goswami Granta, all these things are developed fully. So we should understand those writings of the Goswamis for what they are. As I began, what is the motivation behind them? What is the bias that colors their vision that causes them to see the scriptures the way they do? We may find fault with it and think, well, they're, they're, they've got their own bias. They have their own opinion here. This is The context is different. And, but if we remain in that intellectual set, then everything is lost. What is the possibility of love? We're going to live in a life that, as I said before, I use this term in my book, Rasa, proceed with caution. An intellectually ruled life is a, is, a, is a life where we proceed with caution. How can it be happy if you're proceeding with caution? Examining everything, making sure it works, it's, it's okay. Then I will accept it. Well, we have to do this to some, to some extent. But if we can get beyond that, then we can have a happy life. That we should understand. That's what the Goswamis are writing about. They're coming from that land. They're beyond that. Living in a land of faith... And the reality of faith, no doubts, happy life, and such happy things they're writing. If you read about the Leelas of Radha and Krishna, it's very happy. Even if you don't have faith in it, it's a very happy affair. The whole thing is very charming. If we're fortunate to have the security to be charmed by that, then we should just, get, just gather like this together just to get inspiration to in, engage in those practices of hearing and chanting about Krishna. So don't think that the writings of the Goswamis about Radha is something that they are that they are manufacturing a socio-religious, uh, fabricated ideal. It's not in the Upanishads. Because we have Gopal Tapani. We pray Karunam Kurumai Karunam Bharite Sanaka Sanatana Varnita Charite. Why Sanatan? What do they have to do with Radha? Rupa Goswami is writing this prayer. There is a Shruti reference to that. Of course, Gopal Tapani, this is based on questions by the Kumaras to Brahma. What is death afraid of? What is the Supreme Deity? By knowing what will we know everything? Krishnaya, Govindaya, Gopijana, Balavaya. Swaha. This is the answer. This is the mantra of the Gaudiyas. And so a whole explanation develops in Gopal Tapani an explanation in philosophy and through narrative. And who's in the narrative? Who's the principal person in the narrative? Gandharvika. Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasati Thakur wanted to put a body on the head of Gaudiya Vaishnavism to show that it had a body. In other words, that it is grounded in Veda, in the Upanishads. It's not a fabricated thing that's come over time and it's the sentiment of a few that has more connection with mundane love than anything else, as sometimes Gaudiya Vaishnavism appeared to be, to be about, the people who didn't understand it or practice it properly. The way he called his deity Gandharvika, the way he emphasized this thing, this is the Shruti name for Radha. In Gopal Tapani, this name is, this Gopi is put forward. Krishna has Ras Lila with the Gopis, and then he sends them across the Jamuna to 
one mystic, Durvas, the one who had blessed Radha, whatever she cooked would be like nectar, which causes Yasoda Mai to drag her every day without fail to Vrindavan to cook for Krishna. I'm thinking, because he eats the cooking of Radha, therefore he has strength to defeat all those demons that those cowards are talking about every night when they come home. Agasur, Vakasur. He's not thinking because he's God, because he eats the food of cooking of Radha, who was blessed by Durvas. That Durvas. Krishna told them to go and bring his sweet rice to Durvasa. They said, well, how will we cross the river? They said, you just chant, Krishna's a brahmachari, and the river will open. And they just had Ras Leela with him the night before. Krishna's a brahmachari? They said it anyway. They're just dumb village girls, apparently. Krishna's a brahmachari. The river opened. It's good. Being dumb is, has some value. <laughs> it has some value. This intelligence is a very difficult thing. It's useful to a point, but at a point it becomes very counterproductive for us. Gan shunya bhakti. Shudamar told me, whenever I meet a very intelligent person, I had to push on this point. Gyan Shunya Bhakti, Gyan Shunya Bhakti. We are interested in Bhakti that is, that is not encumbered by Gyan, by knowledge. Too much exercise of intellect, that would be a problem for us. Not really, because the full exercise of intellect tells us what? What does it tell us? Sense objects, contact with them, brings misery. You try it. Push on this point of Vedanta. Exercise your intelligence along these lines, and you'll, be, you'll see, yes, that's a fact. So if you want to exercise your intelligence in relation to understanding Krishna consciousness, exercise it in relation to this. Then you will understand things that you could never understand. Then you will see things that you could never see before. You see what those objects of senses really are. And you see Vishwampunam Sukhayate. The whole world is an abode of joy, happiness. You'll see from Krishna's angle of vision. Anyway, they said Krishna's a brahmachari. The river opened and went to the other side. And there, they, all the gopis, they pushed one gopi forward, Gandharvika, as a special gopi, the principal gopi. Oh, she has different names. Ramuja Sampradaya, they give her another name. But there's a special gopi in all these sects. And the gopis have given the nicest name, Radha. Whose worship is full, complete. It was the personification of the most complete worship. So, of course, the story goes on, but Duvas then they asked several questions led by Gandharvika, and he gave the answers. And they asked, How will we get back? They said, Just tell him Duvas doesn't need anything. They just fed him sweet rice. So. It's a mystical, of course, Upanishad, but there my point is we have Shruti reference for Radha also. Now you may say, well, it's a later Upanishad, it was dated at this time, and you can go into the whole thing with your intellect like this and make it dead if you want, and then you have to live with that life. Or you can think, what, what, is, what is it that these Goswamis have? are so charmed about this Krishna Leela, that regardless of what it may appear on its surface, historical dating or the context they're drawing these things out and they're living in this life and 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 they made such a point to lead such a life that any intelligent person could understand what they're talking about must have some deep connection with reality and full expression of intellectual life is there and beyond it because they're not engaged in relation to the sense objects 
nidrahara vihara kari vijito sankhya purvaka namaganati bihi. They forgot about eating. They forgot to sleep. Different tree every night. They gave up, they were like senators in the, in the, analogous to members of parliament. What was their position? Rup Sanatan Goswami. They, they took the kopin, loincloth only. They, they wandered like mad people. Not mad after sense gratification, but after this ideal of Radha and Krishna. They didn't have to live like renunciates. They could have lived uh, as wealthy men and still been fully Krishna conscious. Why they took the trouble to live like renunciants? Just to teach us. They live such lives of renunciation that we cannot even, uh, we, we shudder to think about it. Once Guru Maharaj was talking, Srila Maharaj, about his early life in Navadvip at the Mat. He had gotten the property by the grace of some godbrothers. He had gone to be by himself. Different factions in Gaudiamant after the disappearance of Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasati Thakur couldn't settle on how to proceed with the mission and the mission was not proceeding in a way that was encouraging. So he went, sought residence in, in, in Navadvip, got the permission of Nityananda Prabhu. Some godbrother helped, bought the land for him. And he was hiding there in a sense. Other godbrothers came and found him out eventually. But he talked about it. He was talking once about his early days living there, and he didn't have any place of residence built. And he describing the living in the in the winter season there and in the summer and tam sitikshastra bharata matrasparshastukonteya situshtasukudukuda agama paiyonitas tam sitikshastra bharata tolerating the inconveniences. What is it living in that dom really about? Entering that dom. How much you be have to be prepared to tolerate inconvenience? So the devotees were listening, and then, then Guru Maharaj finished, and one of the devotees said, Guru Maharaj, we're shocked. No, he said, we are. We're stunned. Stunned to hear this. Sridhar Maharaj said, you're stoned? Stoned to hear. Stoned. Petrified. He was, the devotees were laughing like you're laughing because stoned has another meaning. <laughs> he, said, he didn't know that meaning. <laughs> it said stoned, stoned. He didn't understand stunned. He said, stoned, petrified, like stone. You become frozen. And he understood. And the devotees just laughed. Yes, we are becoming petrified. <laughs> petrified to hear such a thing, such a life. This is all involved in entering there. We can hear about it. It's very sweet and charming. And we'll be attracted by that. But we have to make much some effort to go there, much some sacrifice. But the more we hear about it, the more this, the power, our power to, to sacrifice, to do whatever, to take whatever trouble it takes, mentally or physically, to achieve that. We should have that sense. That I should be prepared for that. And the opportunity will come to undergo some mental, some physical difficulty for that. And it will be nothing compared to the example that the Goswami showed Shudamarsh once said, like a garland of gems, the Goswamis have, by their life, have drilled holes in the gems. How hard it is to drill a hole in the gem. And they've left for us only the task of putting the thread through them. There's all we have to do. They are the pioneers of the Sampradaya. They formed the Sampradaya. 
with their writings, the teachings, their example, the climate of the times being smart to Brahmins and so forth, and Shankarites, the big renunciates, they frightened the Shankarites by their renunciation, Goswamis. What is Radha and Krishna Leela about? What is love about? How much sacrifice is at the foundation of, of love? All these things we should try to understand. That will give us enthusiasm to hear the charming Leelas of Radha and Krishna with attention, and then we'll become absorbed in that. We'll not become tired of that. We'll not become bored of that. We'll become then bored of hearing these philosophical talks. When Krishna tried to preach philosophy to the gopis, they have no interest in hearing that. But he's everywhere, there's no separation. What kind of nonsense is that? They say <laughs> that we all need to hear that uh, tattva, that we can understand who is Radha in the proper light. Then we can chant Jai Radhe, Jai Radhe, with feeling, with hope, real hope in life. So, we stop there. Any question? Concept and concept of understanding that uh, Krishna uh, has the most pleasure in when he is here and on Boma Vrindavana. Very difficult to grasp that concept. But does it somehow mean that our situation here, our being here in this, on this plane, our suffering here, is facilitating Krishna's highest pleasure? I mean, is there a connection between that or? Well, one thing that we facilitate is the opportunity for Krishna to be the avatar and show compassion and his act of, of deliverance. But when you say we, you have to stand, understand that we are also the part and parcel of Krishna. So we are not, in that sense, we are not different from Krishna. We are different, but there is only Krishna. You have to understand this point. There is only Krishna. Krishna is, is performing the drama. It all makes sense if it's a, if it's his own drama. The more you enter into it, then the more it make, makes sense. So we're facilitating him, but we are him. His energy, of course his energy facilitates him. As he sees fit, he uses his energy is that, man's energy is that by which he does things, accomplishes things. So whatever Krishna seeks to accomplish, which is not a, the best word, accomplish, but however he seeks to express himself, to celebrate his being, that's done through the agency of his shaktis, his energies. In that sense, yeah. There is a material world yeah. that you should understand. So whether it has to be or not, that's not even a, a, a meaningful question. We have to deal with things that are there. Then we can try to explain them. But there is a material world, and people do suffer in it. It all works together. We say, well, Krishna is dependent on the material world and people suffering for order for him to be happy. It sounds really bad, but those people are Krishna. This is energy. So this is a hard point to get. When you understand, I'm the part and parcel of Krishna, then you stop thinking that you have a life of your own. Then it all makes sense. Otherwise, it doesn't. There seems to be injustice. If, if you have energies and you do what you want with them, then well, that's your prerogative. When we understand that, then the whole thing becomes joyful. When we don't, we have reservation and we complain and, and about it and so forth. And so we keep ourselves from entering into the 
happiness that it's really about. The Boma Leela of Krishna is, is more sweet, more charming, because he's more like us. He comes closer to us then. Not just speaking in terms of our humanity, but it's where the finite comes as close as possible to the infinite, the meeting of the two. That is the most charming because the, the infinite then takes on the most finite appearance. And the more the infinite becomes finite in appearance like us, the closer we can get and the sweeter it is. And that's what sweetness means. That's what's charming. I mean, for you to do something that Krishna does might not be charming because you're not God. But if God does it, who's the source of everything, he does those things, then it becomes charming. You follow? So that's why the uh, earthly leela is, is more sweet, more charming. Do you find it charming? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, it's a drama. It's a drama. The whole life is a drama. Life is a person, Krishna, and the shaktis. There's no, there's no wrong, and there's no meaning. <laughs> there's no meaning to it either. This is part of the problem. We try to find meaning. There is no meaning. Love is beyond meaning. So that's the, the 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 clear picture. There's a kind of a meaning in love that's mystical, and it, it, it makes sense to those who who are afflicted by it. <laughs> but otherwise, it doesn't make any sense. So we have to be afflicted become afflicted by love for Krishna, then it will all make sense to us. When, when Krishna appears within the, within the world, so to speak, he, he's appearing, what, what's happening is he's appearing within our frame of reference. So we tend to see him in terms of our frame of reference, and therefore we may make less out of his advent than it, it, it really is about. But if we pay attention to his advent by hearing about it from persons who have full regard for him, and it will find out that his appearance within our frame of reference is to take us beyond our frame of reference, which is very limited. Our frame of reference is our senses and our intellect. So that's a limited frame of reference. Our senses are imperfect. They tell us things that aren't true. Our reasoning, based on imperfect sense perception, sometimes tells us, gives us truths, but oftentimes not. It's not a secure position, our, our frame of reference. So he appears to take us out of our frame of reference. He does so, according to the Bhagavad Gita, by his own inner shakti. The appearance of Krishna is about the love of his devotees. That's what it's about. So we should understand that point. When sacrifice reaches the pitch of love and, and self-forgetfulness, that can only happen when our sacrificing and loving tendency is reposed in something other than a material manifestation. Because if it's reposed in a material manifestation, then we remain within the confines of a material identification. When our love is reposed such that it takes us out beyond the identification with the body, well, then it's love in the, in, in, in the full sense. As much as we identify with the body, then we can't give. Because the body is placing demands upon us, and we've identified with it, so we have a need. Since love has no need other than itself. Love needs itself only. So when we identify with the material body, we have needs, necessities, that are born of that identification. And so, under the burden of those necessities, we're not able to fully be of a giving nature. And love is about giving. 
So to really reach the full experience of love, it requires coming outside of bodily identification. Therefore, our tendency, our propensity to love, our capacity to love, has to be reposed in something that's not material. So we repose our loving propensity in God. And when that loving propensity reposed in God reaches a, a pitch that, that comes from self-sacrifice, where we do something consciously, I think it's good I should do this. It's the right thing to be done. Scripture says it. Sadhu says it. It makes sense to me. I should do I should make sacrifice. Consciously, from that point of self-sacrifice to self-forgetfulness, when it reaches that pitch, as I say, then the Absolute appears before us as Krishna. And if we happen to be in this world, then Krishna appears in this world. And then some people in this world who ha- don't haven't reached that pitch or aren't even involved in it may also see Krishna. But they don't understand him for what he is. But that's what his appearance is about. It's not, He never really appears in the material world. He pe- appears in reciprocation under the influence of, of that love. That love is his own shakti. He doesn't go outside of himself. He never really goes outside. He never enters the material world. He's always within this influence of his own uh, nature. That's what we call surup shakti. So when that manifests in the hearts of devotees, he comes. He comes for the sadhakas who are, who are developing that feeling to that pitch. And when he comes, he doesn't come alone. So he comes with Radha and his whole entourage. And then we have the Leela on earth. And it's very sweet. To us it should be the sweetest <laughs> because it gives us the opportunity to participate in it. So it's very mystical. Some of the theology of this is given in the fourth chapter of Bhagavad Gita. And it's very much developed throughout our literature. Yeah. Question? It's really, it, yeah. Well, it's it's really about finding happiness. It's about being intelligent, about getting happiness. Intelli- being very intelligent about how to get happiness, you understand. Oh, by forgetting about looking for it, that's how you find it. It's everywhere. So the problem is, I'm looking for it. I should stop looking for it. Then I then I'll find it. I'm looking everywhere for it. Why I can't see it? It's everywhere. <laughs> 